It's time to lead the people. The show for aspiring leaders at every level. If you want to boost your self-confidence, get noticed, and maximize your impact by leading others, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Matt Pepsel. Ready to lead? Follow me. My very special guest today is the host of the Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes podcast. He gives executives and entrepreneurs highly effective strategies to break through barriers, forge mental toughness, and inspire and engage their teams. He's interviewed hundreds of people from celebrities to athletes, entrepreneurs, and military vets, examining the triumphs and the failures that made them the successes that they are today. He is Eric Rogel. Welcome to the show, Eric. Hey, Matt. How you doing? It's uh, an honor to be here. I really appreciate the invitation. I'm really excited that uh, Tommy Breedlove had introduced us and that you agreed to come on the show. Uh, you've been doing your podcast for a long time, and I thought I'd get us started with that. Uh, what is it that uh, made you decide to launch your own podcast? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I appreciate that. Um, and then Tommy, by the way, is awesome. He's one of my favorite people. So anytime Tommy says you got to meet somebody, I know he's going to be a good man. So, And he was right in this case, Matt. So, um, you know, the thing is with the podcast, it's kind of interesting. You know how they say, you know, when, when you have a hammer, everything's a nail. It was kind of that way for me. I, I was a journalist for a while. I'm an author, written books. And it was around the time, you know, you kind of see in, in society now, and, and especially several years ago, when I started the podcast, a lot of anti-male sentiment. There was the Me Too movement was going on. You were had guys like Matt Lauer, Harvey Weinstein, some prominent guys who were getting into some trouble. And there was a lot of backlash against men. And, and interestingly enough, I said, you know, they're not wrong. There are some bad guys out there. Absolutely. There are some bad guys out there, but there are far, far more really good men out there. Men that I know, men that um, have been role models, men that have mentored me. And I said, why are we not really kind of focusing or highlighting or celebrating these men. So for me, it was going to be a book because that's, like I said, that's all I would think about is I have to write something. I said, I'm going to interview these men. I'm going to get their story about how they became the man they are. I'm going to highlight all the good stuff about what they've done, the challenges they've been through, the victories they've had, the good that they've done. And I'm going to put it in a book. And as I was doing it, I was interviewing them and I'm going, you egomaniac, what is wrong with you thinking you could tell these guys stories? They tell their stories better than you could ever write it after, you know, interviewing them and going back and listening to these recordings. And I said, no, this has to be a podcast. These, these men need to tell their story in their way, the emotion that was coming up, the excitement, the, you know, to hear these men get choked up around certain parts of their lives, to hear them get excited about you know, victories and, and then get touched by really kind of going back and, and remembering some of the things that they've done. I said, no, this, this has to be a podcast. So that's, that's really where it came from. We kind of went from there. That's so cool. It's so cool. I've studied successful people and organizations. I love biographies of great people. Now you're talking about hearing their own stories and there's so many great lessons to be learned, you know, through other people's experiences. I love that you're doing that. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. It's so cool. And, and I think I love the title as well. And, and your podcast title, again, Warriors, Lovers, Kings and Heroes. There are four different archetypes that are in there. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about those archetypes and how they relate specifically to leadership? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm a big fan. You know, my, my, my thing is I grew up, um, you know, I was raised by a single mom. So my, my joke is that she raised me like a veal. I had to be very soft and tender. I wasn't allowed to get bumped or bruised. So it was a lot of time spent reading. I would, I would get into books. And one of the things I loved was stories of fantasy and comic books and science fiction and myths and all of that. And, and so as I got older, became a very big fan of Joseph Campbell. And if you know Joseph Campbell, he gave us the hero's journey, what he called the monomyth. And there were, um, I don't know, if it, depending on where I look, it's 14 to 17 different stages of this. And there's different archetypes that, that are in there as well. And, you know, I studied sociology and psychology in college and was a fan of um, Jung and, and his look at archetypes. And, and then I worked with my mentor, a man named Rob James, who studied human consciousness. And I've done a lot of work with him. And these four really came to me as four key archetypes that we, and it's not just men, because when I work with corporations and I do leadership stuff, it's king and queen. So we, we it's for women as well. These are not gender specific. Um, and looked at really through Joseph Campbell's story and the stories that touched me so much and looking at the ones that touch us as people, you know, the, the ones that are really popular. And you can look at any of them. Like I said, you can look at the comic books. Marvel and DC movies are really popular right now. Star Wars, Harry uh, Potter. You've got, you know, even The Lion King. All these stories have this similar structure. And that's what Campbell's genius was. So I call it the software of our soul. It's what really speaks to us deeply. And in looking at this, I, I looked at the warrior, the lover, the king, queen, and hero archetypes, and how related they are and how they go with us on our journey. And then, like you said, looked at, oh, wow, how this works for leaders, right? Kings and queens. How does this work for leaders? So the warrior side of us, Matt, is really the one we need to start with, because if you look at any story, the protagonist, the hero of the story, they have to tap into that warrior side because there's a challenge, right? Uh, Campbell called it the descent. This is when they go down in and they have, you know, they may lose family or they lose something dear to them. And then these challenges come up and they've got to overcome these challenges. And we need to tap into our warrior side for that. Eastern philosophy, they might call it the masculine side, right? And again, not looking at gender specific, just that's from theirs. I call it the warrior. These traits that the warriors have are things like courage and boldness and being a maverick and risk-taking and adventurer, leadership, um, guardian, uh, steward. Those kind of things really are our warrior. And then along this journey, the protagonist may find love or find purpose in their life. And that's the warrior, uh, the, sorry, the lover side, the heart side. Right, what we may call in Eastern philosophies the feminine side. And there are great things in this lover side, this heart side, that really take whatever it is the warrior has now driven towards, you know, ambition, drive, those are warrior traits, and now makes it flourish and thrive, become abundant. So those are things on the heart side, things like wisdom and compassion and abundance and playfulness and creativity and all those things that make life really juicy, right? All the good stuff. And then when you can um, integrate your warrior and your lover, and you really have those balanced and integrated and you're operating from both, 
that's when you're operating as king or queen, right? Because the king or queen are overseeing the kingdom. They're operating from that really, you know, powerful warrior side, but supporting it with that heart side. And that's really where we want to be in leadership is what I've found. Um, I always use the example when I'm talking to people, you know, think brave heart, right? They didn't call him brave head. They didn't call him brave mind. And they didn't call him heart brave. It was brave heart. And, you know, in a lot of Celtic cultures, they, they, they revere what they call the warrior poet. Right. The, the, the person who could be that strong, powerful warrior, but also has that heart side. And, and we've revered that. And, and that to me is the king and queen. So um, that's really where those come. Oh, and then when you drop doing for yourself and your immediate kingdom and you do selflessly without ego or agenda, that's when you become the hero. Right. And so it's not a linear progression, Matt. It's it's more of a where are we at any given moment in the day? When do I need to be more warrior? And then support with that lover side. Um, you know, when do I need to come in as the hero and, and just do uh, selflessly and then those kind of things. But I tell the people that I work with, if you're leading in a leadership role and you think king, queen, which is the warrior lover side in, in integration and balance, uh, you'll be operating at a pretty high level. Yeah, you're doing pretty well. I, I love the parallels between. Yeah, Campbell's uh, understanding of of the monomyth and and it's almost like a roadmap for story. But it's not surprising that we're wired to appreciate and enjoy stories and even think in stories because we tend to live them in our own lives. And I think that's where the sociology and the psychology of Jung and the archetypes come in. So as you laid it out, I was thinking to myself, that's that's uh, it wasn't entirely linear. You're right, but there was a time when I first got started in the military service where, you know, we were part of a warrior lineage in the Marine Corps. And that's how that worked. Later on, found my passion and then really started to work inside organizations and really fell in love with success and leadership and personal development and those things. On good days, maybe a king, maybe able to integrate those two things. Some days are better than others. Right. And um, I think a lot of times on this, this the reason that the podcast I named it Lead the People is because I, I really emphasize a people first or a people centric form of servant leadership. And it really is that sort of wisdom and that selfless, egoless, how do we get the result together as opposed to, you know, because I said so. So it, it's it's fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that you say, um, you know, lead the people. Right. And it, and it is about servant leadership and, and people that I've you know had conversation a lot of times they don't really fully grasp what that means so what I usually tell them if you're a leader or a hero your job is to create kings and queens around you your job is to create kings and queens in your organization on your teams empower them right show them how to lead themselves um, show them how to take initiative show them how to tap into their warrior how to tap into their lover, their heart, and become kings and queens themselves. And that even works in family, uh, in personal relationships, as well as in business relationships, because it is so important. And when you are operating at that king, queen, and you're creating kings and queens and admiring and respecting and honoring them for how they lead, that to me is, is the ideal servant leadership. It's I'm going to create the best kings and queens in my organization that I can. And you're also hitting on one of the greatest failures that I had in the beginning of my career, because coming out of military service, I treated everyone like we were here to make warriors. And so it was a very uh, technical approach, I would call it, to management and to leadership. 
And it, well, I wasn't able to personally get to the other side. And I see this quite often for leaders at every level. If they're not comfortable in going to that, uh, the side of, of the lover in the archetype, right? And getting in touch with, with soul and heart and, and what we'll call the softer side of, of uh, just being human, right? Then right. it's hard to go there with others. And I think that my leadership experience and the results I got transformed dramatically once I accepted being human at work allowing myself to be human at work, but also engaging with others in that lover-like way as well when they needed it. You know, if they needed a kick in the pants and be warrior-like, great, I can do that. I was always able to do that. But bringing in another dimension really brought another dimension to my leadership. Yeah, and I can really feel that, Matt, and especially, like you said, military service. I work with a lot of veterans. I just got involved with a group. We're going to be training veterans on how to transition from the uniform into, into corporate life. And, and part of that is exactly what you just said. You know, when you're in the military, it is warrior mindset. And that is out of necessity, right? <clears throat> Orders are given, they're barked out, boom, you got to follow them, that's it. There's no heart side on the back end of that. But when you come into civilian life, when you come into corporate life, especially, what you just spoke is so true. You have to come from that heart side as well, because, you know, you've got people, there's, there's emotion involved, feeling involved, there's motivation involved. Right. There, there's things that get people, you know, we're seeing a thing right now. They're calling it the great resignation. People are just leaving jobs in droves. And part of it is I'm looking at the studies and, and, and the, um, the statistics and why and the reasoning and a big part of it, not money. It's they're not getting they don't have um, they don't feel they have control over their own life. They don't feel they have um, the acknowledgement and appreciation. They're not motivated to do anything for these people. They don't like the leaders they're working for. And I think part of it is, is coming from that heart side. And the other thing that you just spoke that's so true is I have found in my experience that it's very easy to teach people the warrior. Warriors seems to come naturally to us. We can tap into that. Even men who don't feel that can tap into it easily. That lover side, that heart side, that's the one that's tough because I know for me, and I'll speak for myself, and, and you can see if it, if, it, if it resonates with you. For me, it, it felt like I was going weak. I didn't want to be weak. I don't want to be on the lover side. I don't want to be weak. But when you look at those attributes that I spoke earlier, wisdom, creativity, abundance, flourishing, guidance, you know, those kind of things, they're not weak in any way. They're not weak. They're not soft. And they're very powerful when they're used the right way. And I, and I can give you some examples, Matt. I don't know if you want to, we have time or you want me to, you know, we can play oh, yeah, a little bit. I can tell you a couple Absolutely. things. So this is what I usually do with leaders when I'm trying to, you know, when, when I'm working with them to explain how to come from their king, their queen, and how to work with the warrior and the lover side. So it's a basic example of how you might give somebody a direction. And you're going to feel this first one having been in the military, but it might be something along the lines. I'm going to use you as, um, you know, as my, my, um, demonstratee will say if it's a Friday afternoon and there's a project that's due and you've been working on it I might come to you and if I if I came to you and said hey Matt you know that project that you're working on right now well you know what I need it on my desk first thing Monday morning and I know that means you're gonna have to work over the weekend but it doesn't matter to me it's got to get done and if it's not on my desk first thing Monday morning I'm letting you go how does that make you feel? Defensive, threatened, uh, closed off and small. 
Right. That's just pure warrior side. And it's not really empowering warrior. It's a lot of the limiting warrior, which are things like bullying and being overbearing and, and those kind of things. There, there is a, an empowering and a limiting side to each of these archetypes. That's part of the limiting side is, is overbearing, aggressive, not caring, that kind of thing. So that's where that one came from. Now, if I came to you this way is another example. And I said, oh, Matt, Matt, you know, we love you. We love everything you do here. You do amazing work. And, you know, we just love the reports that you do. They're always so neat and they're complete and the covers are beautiful and can always rely on you. But, you know, that project that you're working on right now, yeah, we're going to need that Monday morning. And I know that means you have to work over the weekend and, oh, that just sucks. But, you know, there's really nothing else we can do. I just need it on Monday. And if I don't have it Monday, I'm going to have to let you go. How does that make you feel? Yeah, that's a little um, hollow and and uh, schmaltzy and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I call that the Lumberg effect. Have you ever seen yeah. Office Space? That great movie, and he comes out character Lumberg. It was kind of. It feels very fake, phony. I'm blowing smoke up your ass. It's not very real, genuine, authentic. So that is coming from the lover side first, and this is a big thing that a lot of clients that I work with, they, they want to argue with me, and they're like, "But Eric." And especially, you know, women that I work with, they're like, but I want to tell them how much I care about them. And I want to, you know, let them know that first before I deliver this horrible news. Right. I had someone that needed to fire somebody. And she said, I just want to tell her how much she meant to me. And I don't know. So don't do that. You got to come from the warrior first. Right. So because it, it does, it puts the defenses up. Like I'm waiting for something to ha- like the other shoe to drop. And then when that warrior side comes in, the, I'm going to have to let you go. It's like what just happened here? Like you were just telling me how awesome I was and now you're doing this. So that's leading with the lover and a little bit of the limiting lover, that kind of fake, phony, manipulative scheming. But if I came to you like this and I said, Hey Matt, uh, we've come to a decision. We've made a decision that project that you're working on right now. I need that on my desk Monday morning. Now we understand that that means you may have to work over the weekend, but here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to make sure the team is available to you the entire weekend. Everyone's going to give you their cell number. They're going to be available. If you run into anything, you contact them. I'm going to make myself available to you. I'm giving you my cell number as well. And if you need me, I will be here. Now, I know you understand that there might be some consequences if we don't get this done Monday morning, but I'm not even going to consider that because we have all the faith in you that you're going to get this done. And we're going to be there right behind you to make sure that it gets done. Do you have any questions for me? How does that feel? Yeah, it feels more supported and, and uh, you know, determined. Like now I'm like, okay, I, I you know, I, I, I may not love this, but, you know, now at least I feel like we're in this together a bit and, and it's uh, much more understandable. Right. And, 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 and it's, and, and we give you the thing at the very beginning. So that is leading with the warrior, strong, empowered warrior, supporting with strong, empowered lover from the heart. So it was, Matt, we've made a decision. I'm, te- I'm talking to you. Adult to adult at this point. I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not trying to play around. It's direct, right? And that's part of that warrior. It's very direct, very straightforward. Matt, we've made a decision. This is what has to happen. So that lets you know that there was discussion around this. We looked at other options. Here is the decision. This is what has to happen. But then we follow up with the lover side, the heart side. We have faith in you. We're going to give you the team. I'm going to be available. We're all in this together. We know you're going to get it done. No problem. And then it's, you know, back to a little bit of war. Do you have any questions for me? So if you have questions or concerns, you know that you can state them right at that point. 
So it's more respectful. It's more whatever. And that is what I tell people in, in leadership. Not only are you operating from your king, your queen, but when you're giving directives, you're giving instruction, you're having communication, start with a warrior, support with a lover, always, both. And then you can bounce back and forth. You can go warrior, lover, warrior, 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 lover, lover, warrior, lover. But as long as you start with warrior, support with that lover heart side, you're going to be in the right frame of mind because, you know, this is, again, it's the software of our soul. This is how every story was ever told. We're used to that structure. Plus, we want to become in as adult. We want it to be direct and whatever. And I tell people this works beautifully with your kids. Beautifully with your kids. I've had clients that are moms that, you know, they, and I've heard them when we were on our Zoom calls going, no, Susie, don't do that. Mama loves you, but I'm going to, you know, but when I say to them, be direct, Susie, you know, we had an agreement. If you were going to do this, there was going to be punishment. Now you're going to be grounded. Doesn't mean mommy doesn't love you. Mommy loves you very, very much, but we had this agreement. Blah, blah. See what I mean? And they've tried yeah. it and they're like, it works beautifully. So that would be the example I would give Matt. And I think from a leader's perspective, it's it's not like you're trying to pretend to be one of these things. We have them in us. And you, mm -hmm. it, the, the real objective is how do I develop my authentic connection with these parts and then get the order right is what I'm hearing from you as well, Eric. And so it's like, okay, you don't have to pretend to be the warrior. You are. There, you, know, you want this report done. So you can tap into that and you can use that and it can be very genuine for you. And if you tend to be a little bit more on that side and maybe through uh you know, uh, pervasive conditioning and these types of things, you're, you're not as in touch with the softer side. Well, it's in there too. So, you know, be human at work and be human when you're asking somebody to spend time away from their family to get your report done and support them with the resources like you did in your exercise. So it's about integration. And it's also about tapping into that authentic, that authentic connection to those parts of us. That's, that sounds like the real art form here. Absolutely. And you spoke it beautifully, Matt. I couldn't agree with you more. You're hundred percent correct. And it is, you know, when you look at that warrior side, it was just, hey, we've made a decision. I didn't have to come in guns blazing, swords drawn. Matt, this is what, you know what I mean? That's what people think when they think the warrior. No, it's just being direct and honest and, and forthright and respectful. And, you know, just decision is a huge warrior trait. We've decided and, and just coming at it. And the same thing on the lover of the heart side. It doesn't have to be I'm bringing you flowers and there's music playing and you know, it's just, it's very much that we're just supporting you. We believe in you, we're supporting you. Um, and that's really it. And, and you can do that in a very genuine way. And it sounds more genuine. And this is why when I work with, with companies, I tell them, this is how your team communication will work best. This is ideal for team communication. Because then those, you know, inter-office kind of relationships, they don't get strained. There's no miscommunication, misunderstanding. And if there is... You know, I used to tell my teams when they worked for me, whenever I would, you know, do an introduction or a new team member would come on, I would do the, you know, the orientation. This is what I expect. And then I would say, and if I'm ever, if at any point you ever feel that I'm being an asshole, you come into my office and you say, Eric, you're being an asshole. Why would I do that, Matt? What's the benefit of me doing that? I think you've opened a door for sure. Yeah, open a door. <clears throat> and the other thing is it's communication. So I'm showing them that not only am I the leader in the group, I'm the king in this kingdom, but I respect you enough to give you the authority that you can come in and tell me when you have an issue with me personally, because I will tell you nine times out of 10, it is a miscommunication or something just landed wrong, or they're looking at it through their own filter or lens and they didn't get it right. And I would rather you come to me person to person, adult to adult, 
and have that conversation. We can clean it up right away. That's part one. And plus that creates kings and queens, right? Because now they know they can speak truth to power. They don't have, there's not going to be a repercussion. And I'll tell them, I actually require you to come in and tell me because that's what cleans up the second part of why I would do that. And that is if Matt, if you have a problem with me and you think I'm an asshole and you don't have the authority or the ability to come in and tell me face to face, who are you going to tell? Yeah. Coworkers, family members. <laughs> exactly. It becomes, Facebook. yeah, it just ripples out, man. And it just creates this thing. And it might just be a simple understanding, misunderstanding. Right. And we can just clean it up in a second. So why not have you come to me? So again, you know, looking at this warrior lover, balancing that, integrating that king queen, when you're operating from that mindset and you allow others in your organization to operate from that mindset, it creates this authority, this feeling of now I have some command over my life here. I might create my own little kingdom or queendom right over here with their blessing. And now I have, I feel like I have some kind of, you know, authority here and, and I'm feeling more fulfilled in what I'm doing. And then me as the leader, as the king overseeing that, I think it's awesome. I'm creating kings and queens in my organization and, and they're thriving and motivated moving forward. I really love the way you've taken you know, Campbell and the hero's journey and the archetypes and really brought them to leadership. I had never really made those connections the way that you have. And uh, I also understand that you like to ask people about what their favorite superhero is. So <laughs> when I was thinking about writing a game for you, the way I try to do for all my guests, I came up for, with a game for you that I call the superhero's journey. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the origin story of various superheroes that are pretty famous. And let's see if you can, uh, uh, I'm sure you've heard these answers from some of your guests before too. Oh, you wow. Awesome. We're yeah. A speed round. We're going to start. I think you're going to probably crush these. So uh, how about this one? He contracted polio and despite being rejected by the U S army, he landed an experimental program called project rebirth, where he received an injection of a superhuman formula. Captain America, Steve Captain Rogers. Captain America, ding, ding. Yeah, I love him. Awesome, awesome. Okay, now we're going to go to the other extreme. A daring test pilot named Hal Jordan receives a ring from a dying alien. The <laughs> ring could create anything its wearer could envision, and the alien chose Jordan because he was completely fearless and totally honest. Who is he? Green Lantern. The Green Lantern, that's right. <laughs> How about this one? Yeah. Rocketed from his dying homeworld by his scientifically advanced mother and father, seconds before its destruction, the infant uh, crash landed on Earth where he was raised as a human by his adoptive parents before he discovered his incredible powers. That would be Cal L. Clark Kent, Superman. Superman, absolutely. <laughs> I got one more for us. This is the easiest one of all. He was bitten by a radioactive spider while he was on a field trip. <laughs> Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I love it. I love it. Awesome. And and you know, it's interesting. Do you know why I ask people what their favorite superhero is? No, I'm fascinated to find out. This is a great little thing for for leaders. If you're in an organization, I used to do this in interviews. And I would interview a candidate for a job. I would say, hey, you know, listen, I read your thing. It's great. Just I just got a question, just icebreaker. Just who's your favorite superhero or fantasy character or sci-fi? So Matt, if I asked you, who would be yours? You know, I thought about it, and I, the time that I was really into superheroes was when I was really young, and it was Underdog, a little cartoon oh, dog, and he yeah, was like, absolutely. yeah. Underdog. So why why Underdog? That's beautiful. Tell me why Underdog. I think when I was a kid, he just knew right from wrong, and he was kind of unassuming, but he was secretly powerful, and, and uh, yeah, he was just, there was something about it when I was just tiny, tiny. I love that show. Awesome. So here's what that does. 
there was a great uh, guy. He's kind of like my my grandfather mentor. So he was the mentor of my mentor, a guy named Harry Palmer. He said, tell me who your superhero is, and I will tell you who you are. So it's a great way to kind of get inside the mind of people, because would you say some of those things that you just mentioned about underdog were true for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love that he was helping people and, uh, you know, it was kind of an unassuming guy, but he was funny. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, the thing is, and so I'll ask this question and I'll tell people, you know, my clients, I'll say, look, go, go to your next time you're at a team meeting, just say, Hey guys, just write down who your favorite superhero is and just give me some idea of why you'll get, you know, it's way easier than saying in a job interview, Hey Matt, thanks. You know, I know you're interviewing for this job and blah, blah, blah. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, you're going to tell me things like, well, you know, I, I went to school here or I love to do this. This is my hobby. But if I ask you who your superhero is, I get a really kind of inside look into who you really are. And when I know who the people are on my team, because I've gotten some really amazing answers, right? I'll give you an example, uh, two really quick ones, because I know I know we're, we're running low on time here. But I've had people tell me that their favorite uh, character is um, Sam Gamgee from Lord of the Rings. So when you think about that, Sam Gamgee, if you're not familiar with Lord of the Rings, he was the one, he was the hobbit that helped Frodo on his journey to go destroy the One Ring, right? Mm -hmm. So if someone tells me that their favorite is Sam, I know they are loyal to a fault. I know they are perfectly comfortable in a supporting role, making the hero of whatever this project is shine. They're never going to let them down. They're going to do whatever they need to do to make sure they succeed. I love having somebody like that on my team. Because if I have a Superman or a Wonder Woman, they're going to lead the team. But I want that Sam Ganji character to be their support. Mm. Can you feel that? I mean, how yeah, absolutely. beneficial that would be to kind of know who everybody is on my team. The other one that really gets me, and this happened a few times, is the favorite character is the Joker from Batman. Oh, wow. Now, the Joker is a classic villain. Mm -hmm. So why would somebody, and I'll ask them, what do you see about the Joker? And one of the things that they, they hear over and over is he is fully committed to what he believes. And he will do whatever it takes to get his mission done. Hmm. And you may not agree with it and you may not like it, but he's okay with doing whatever it takes. And I'm like, you want somebody like that on your team? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you're they're not going to be out bombing buildings and doing crazy <laughs> stuff. Yeah. But that's kind of an interesting way to look at somebody is that they're like, look, man, if I believe in something, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it done. Yeah. Mission orientation. Absolutely. Correct. And so that's my little superhero thing and why I ask people who their favorite superhero is. I love it. It's, it's really beneficial a, in a leadership role. Yeah. And it, it seems like an innocuous question. It's easy to answer and it speaks volumes. I love it. I love it. And even shy people in your organization who don't like to talk about themselves or might feel like, you know, you as the boss or the leader, they might feel a little bit kind of, you know, protective of themselves. If you ask them about themselves, they want to, they want to look good in your eyes, but ask them if they've seen the latest movie. Or, oh yeah, this just came out. I saw that. I love Batman. It was awesome. Who's your favorite? Like, who do you really love when you were growing up? Now you're in a conversation. Now they're open. Yeah. Now they can tell you stuff and you can kind of get some of that insight. I love it. I love it. Well, it's been a super interview. I'll tell you that. And I only have one more question for you. Sure. Which is, where can my listeners, Eric, go to learn more about you? Yeah, that's a great question. I appreciate that. You can go to ericrogel.com. So it's E-R-I-C-R-O-G-E-L-L.com. There's a bunch of information about me on there. It's a little more on the corporate side for you know the speaking and the workshops that I do. But you can see 
you know, there's a link to the podcast and I do some, some work like adventure trips. I take uh, executive men on adventure trips to get them kind of out of the office, out of their head and off the grid and challenge them a little bit. And um, you can find me there or you can find me on LinkedIn. I, I love to connect with people on LinkedIn, uh, have conversation. That's where we can have really good, you know, leadership conversations and, and really talk about things that you're coming up against, challenges you're facing. Just jump in there, connect with me, hit me with a DM and uh, we'll have a conversation. Awesome. I'll include those links in the show notes. So you're only one click away if you take out the episode description. Eric, I can't thank you enough for spending some time with me today. Well, it was listen, Matt, it was my honor. I really loved it. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Hello, dear listeners. I wanted to share a quick bit of bonus information as a part of today's episode. It occurred to me after my recording with Eric that I neglected to include some of my favorite female superheroes in my quiz segment. So I'm going to share the origin stories of my three favorites and see if you can guess their names. First up is Natasha Romanoff, who was born in the Soviet Union. During World War II, she was kidnapped by an evil organization who sought to make her a brainwashed master assassin. Instead, she defected to the United States and joined the Avengers. That, of course, is Black Widow. Next up, we have the descendant of an ancient line of African priestesses, all of whom have white hair, blue eyes, and the potential to wield magic. She gets her considerable mutant powers from an X-gene. That is Storm. And our final superheroine in the list was sculpted from clay by her mother, Queen Hippolyta, and she was given a life as an Amazon along with superhuman powers as gifts by the Greek gods. She carries a trusty lasso of truth. And that, of course, is Wonder Woman. So let's hear it for these female superheroes that all set an example of courage and strength that we should do well to emulate. Now, without further ado, here are my modest but heroic top three takeaways from today's episode. One, find yourself in the story. You're the protagonist, the hero of your own story. Recognize that your storyline likely follows the structure of Joseph Campbell's classic hero's journey. Two, strike a balance. Carl Jung believed that we have within us both warrior and lover tendencies. By embracing and integrating our hard and soft sides and skills, we can amplify our leadership ability. Three, be genuine for the win. When you're able to tap into your full essence, you're able to be completely authentic in your leadership and your results in your relationships will improve in kind. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider hitting the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for making this investment in your leadership ability, and thanks for sharing this podcast with another aspiring leader who needs to hear it. All right, leaders, until next time, don't just manage the business when you can lead the people. He was bitten by a radioactive spider while he was on a field trip. (laughs) Peter Parker, Spider-Man.